You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we return here with another episode of Locked On Ravens. I am your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire, and we are back. We're rounding out another week. It is Purple Friday here on Friday, July 30th, is we have more to get into relating to, of course, the Baltimore Ravens. Now, we are going to round out our Ravens 2021 schedule preview today because we've been doing it for these past couple of weeks, every Monday, every Friday, and and I know, I know that training camp is in full swing now, but I want to stay consistent with this series. I want to finish the series because I started it, so I'm going to finish it, and we're going to do that here today. But at the beginning of each segment, so this one included, I'm going to give just a mini update from day two of training camp. So in the first segment, we'll talk about the offense. In the second segment, talk about the defense. And then in my final segment, I'll get into some takeaways from day two and day one. So both days combined of training camp so far as we head into the weekend. But in the first segment for the majority of the segment, we'll talk about the week 16 game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Then we'll talk about the Week 17 game against the Los Angeles Rams in the second segment. And finally, we'll get into the Pittsburgh Steelers bout in the final game of the regular season there to round out the show. So let's jump right in here. But before we do that, be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere there's a podcast. We are there Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Eastern Time. And also be sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnRavens and my personal account, at KOSTRAKER34 for any Ravens news, analysis, updates, historical perspectives, free agency analysis, draft analysis, game updates, and much, much more. So with all that being said, we are going to dive into it here. So some uh, mini update from training camp day two on offense. Good day from Tyler Huntley. Good day from James Prochet. The Ravens posted a highlight video of James Prochet making some really nice catches. I think he's he's stood out so far from everything. And and also, I think, you know, the offense in general has kind of not won the first two days, because honestly, I think offense won the first day, defense won the second day. But guys who stood out, you know, they did the one-on-ones with the offensive line and, and the defensive linemen and the front seven guys. And, you know, we saw Kevin Zeitler win reps, and we saw Tyree Phillips win reps, and Bradley Bozeman, and, and all these different guys. So we'll see what ends up happening with the offensive line, but it was nice to kind of hear that some offensive linemen were getting their reps in and winning them against really good, talented people. Yeah, that's the mini offensive update from day two of training camp. We'll obviously be getting more into this over the next week and over the next couple weeks, of course. But now getting into the Ravens 2021 schedule preview, we're going to talk about this week 16 game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Baltimore had already played the Bengals at home, so now they travel and play them on the road. And this is still a game that I honestly think a lot would have to go wrong either in game or just like injury wise before the game or the team just is seriously having a really bad season for them to lose this one now and again I know I did talk about the Bengals a couple episodes ago so I don't want to repeat a lot of the same stuff I said I'm going to get more into advanced defensive statistics I know I didn't really get into that as much and I haven't really done that for a lot of these teams but that's what I want to get into a bit more here today so Obviously, with Cincinnati, for me, I talked about it, their defense is kind of the weak spot for me, and plus, by this point, Joe Burrow should have a lot more game experience if he if he's healthy, which I anticipate he will be, 
you know, guys like Jamar Chase will be able to click with him and T. Higgins and and Tyler Boyd. It's, just, it's getting on the same page with Joe Burrow and also just getting Joe Burrow game experience, which is so valuable. I, I know that Ravens fans and, and people who covered the team have seen that firsthand with Lamar Jackson. But in terms of defense, you have Jesse Bates, one of the best safeties in the entire NFL. Guys like DJ Reader are going to make an impact, and is Trey Hendrickson going to be that guy? I wasn't a fan of the deal he got, but he can still be an impact player. But it's it's just like the lack, I guess, of pure talent on that defense that's proven. You know, Logan Wilson, can he take, can he take a jump in his second year? I don't know. What's the cornerback situation? You know, Trey Waynes, is he really a guy that you trust to play a full 16 games after missing the whole year last year? So again, not not a ton on defense. It's going to be a different year for them. But on defense, I just, I just don't know outside of Bates and Reader where the talent is for them right now. In terms of blitzing, Baltimore led the league in blitzing 44.1% of their plays were blitzes. For Cincinnati, they're down at 31.1%. So in the middle half of the league, it's definitely not the lowest blitz percentage, but it's definitely not the highest either. When talking about hurrying the quarterback, though, they ranked dead last in the NFL. 6.7% of their snaps resulted in quarterback hurries per dropback. So that's significant because they just were not getting pressure People had all day to throw the football against them. And then, you know, quarterback knockdowns were a little better. They were 10.2%. Pittsburgh led the league with 15.2%. And Baltimore second with 129 So that's a little better. That ranked in the top half of the league. It was 10th. And then actual sacks, Cincinnati was, again, last. So kind of like a mixed bag there. You have them being top to middle half of the league in some areas, but then dead last in other areas. I think... You know, losing Carl Lawson, losing William Jackson, those are two really, really good defenders. And I, I just don't think they did enough this offseason to replace them. And this isn't me saying, all right, well, Cincinnati didn't do enough. They, they threw their future away. Cincinnati, I think, is in a couple years, is going to be a, a playoff contending team. But for right now, with what they have on defense, I think an offense like Baltimore, especially with the improved offensive line, especially with the pass-catching options that they have now, if you're not able to generate pressure on Lamar Jackson, you know, you can drop guys back into coverage and, you know, as Baker Mayfield said in week four of 2019, you know, make him throw or whatever. That's not, that doesn't guarantee you win. You know, honestly, it almost guarantees you lose because if you don't pressure Lamar Jackson, he'll sit back, he'll wait, he'll make a play, whether it's with his arm or with his legs. You know, you, you try to contain him, he'll, he gets out. Or you throw the contain look and he waits and picks apart the defense because guys just can't cover for that long. So, with that combined with everything else, not getting the quarterback down, not even not even really pressuring, you know, hurry percentage is is good and everything. Pressures in general, Cincinnati was second to last in the league with 111. Pittsburgh, for perspective, led the league with 213. Although Pittsburgh is just ridiculous on defense, you know, T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree, that duo, it's a pretty good one. So, I mean, at the end of the day, the Ravens. They, they, their offense will most likely be able to feast on Cincinnati's defense. Again, this is like injuries pending and everything because injuries happen, and I think injuries are a big part of football. They happen to every team, but really it's a test of strength, you know, a test of who can overcome those injuries, and I think Baltimore has the depth at a lot of different positions this year to do that. I think Cincinnati just does not have the firepower on defense to keep up with Baltimore's offense. And to be honest, look, not a lot of people do. Cincinnati has Von Bell, who led the team in tackles with 114 last year. So him and Bates make up a pretty good safety duo. But, you know, 
Is Sam Hubbard going to get them over the hump against a Lamar Jackson-led offense? Is Akeem Davis-Gaither going to get them over the hump on a Lamar Jackson-led offense? I don't think so. So in my opinion, I think the Ravens do win this game. They now move in my record books to 12-3. and So this is, you know, this is a great scenario for Baltimore. I mean, they were able to navigate the early half of the year and then come and maybe struggle a little bit towards the back half, but that's to be expected with a harder schedule. But the most important thing, and one of the, well, I guess it's one of the most important things, is picking up a win against an opponent you should beat. You know, no trap games, no, no nothing like that. And at the end of the day, I think Baltimore does that against Cincinnati, picking up a win and moving to 12-3. and three. But we're going to head into our first break now, and when we get back, we'll be getting into a mini recap of day two training camp from the defensive side of the ball, and then also talking about the Ravens' Week 17 matchup with the Los Angeles Rams. So stay tuned for that, and we'll be back soon. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors, including coconut, raspberry, double chocolate, strawberry, cookies and cream, and German chocolate? Not only are Built Bar flavors the best-tasting, but they're healthy, too. Order today and get that mint brownie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, so go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And we return here with our second segment of this Friday edition of Locked on Ravens. Kevin Ostriker, your host, still talking with you here. And we just got into a mini offensive update and the Ravens Week 16 matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals in our first segment. But now we're going to transition into talking about a mini defensive update from day two of training camp and getting into the Ravens Week 17 matchup with the Los Angeles Rams. So a mini defensive update. It was definitely a better day for the defense for sure. It was interesting to really see who was stepping up for them, though, because Dafe Owe and Dalen Hayes made a huge impact, and they had a couple of really nice plays. And I know some people were kind of expecting, you know, not to hear their names mentioned until a little later in training camp because it's all oh, their rookies and, and they're raw, but hey, they're already doing it. They're already making impact plays in Baltimore. I think that kind of eased the minds of a couple of people just you know, to hear that they're actually making an impact so early. Justin Matabuike was able to get into the backfield a bunch, but, you know, a little disclaimer, there's no contact yet. So, you know, as as contact comes into play, the defense, I think, will be a lot stronger than it is right now. Also, Chris Westry, a third-year guy out of the University of Kentucky, a really intriguing prospect, to be honest. He stands at six foot four, so super huge. Has almost thirty-four inch arms. He ran a four-three-one forty-yard dash in unofficial time at his pro day, and also had a thirty-eight inch vertical jump. So, I mean, just a, a freak athlete. Plays with some physicality in his game. Has some nice long speed. He's made a huge impact, and if he keeps practicing and even like playing in the preseason the way he has, I mean. The Ravens might have to keep seven cornerbacks and keep him on the roster because he's been that good for them so far. So yeah, a good day for the defense, a better day for the defense definitely than day one. But I still think that when the contact comes, we'll start to see a little bit more of an improved performance, even more so from this defensive unit. So yeah, that's our defensive mini update from day two of training camp, but now getting into the Ravens week 17 matchup with the Los Angeles Rams. This does not mark the final game of the Ravens schedule as the 18-week schedule is being implemented this year. 
That means the Ravens play the same place winner from their second-to-last played NFC division. So, yeah, really, it's really confusing. I, I probably put it in a confusing way. So pretty much, I'll try to explain it. The Ravens played the Rams two years ago because they played the NFC West two years ago. And because the NFC West was that division, the Ravens this year, so two years from 2019 play the NFC West again this year, but it's only one opponent from that division. And the Rams finished in second place in the NFC West in 2020. The Ravens finished in second place in the AFC North in 2020. So those two teams, the same place team of the division you played two years ago, the NFC division you played two years ago, that's how it all works out. So for example, next year, since the Ravens played the NFC East last year, if the New York Giants finish in first place in their division and the Ravens finish in first place in their division in 2021, since the Ravens played the NFC East in 2020, that means that the Ravens and the Giants would match up in 2022. So it's kind of, a, it's a bit confusing and it might take a little time to adjust, but that does mean the Ravens are playing the Los Angeles Rams on January 2nd. It's a 425 p.m. Eastern time game on Fox. It will be at m Bank Stadium. And the Rams are expected to take a leap this year because they made a blockbuster trade for quarterback Matthew Stafford. Stafford is now their new star quarterback. And it'll be interesting to see how he ends up meshing and gelling with this Rams offensive unit that unfortunately just lost Cam Akers for the season with a season-ending injury. Akers played well for... The Rams had 625 yards on 4.3 yards per carry, had only two touchdowns on the ground, so wasn't a high-volume touchdown guy. Also had 11 receptions for 123 yards, so he averaged 11.2 yards per catch and also scored a touchdown through the air. So they were expecting a big breakout year, too, from Cam Akers. I was also expecting a big breakout year from Cam Akers as well, so that's a really tough loss for them. They'll rely on guys like Daryl Henderson and former University of Maryland star Jake Funk, who went to Los Angeles, was drafted by the Rams, so that'll be fun. In terms of how they match up with the Ravens, look, the Ravens destroyed the Rams the last time they played in Los Angeles on Monday night football. It was it was it was an absolute dominant performance by the Baltimore Ravens. Now Los Angeles did lose a few talented pieces, more so on their defensive unit they lost John Johnson to the Cleveland Browns but don't worry the Ravens will play him twice a year because he's in Cleveland he went to Cleveland on a three-year 33.75 million dollar deal that was the really big piece for them Troy Hill also went to Cleveland he went there on a two-year nine million dollar deal so call him the Cleveland Rams because that's all the guys that are going they're all going to Cleveland other than that, though, Gerald Everett, the tight end, went to Seattle, one-year $6 million. Morgan Fox, defensive end, went to Carolina, one-year $8.1 million. They didn't really add a lot, though, outside of Matthew Stafford. They brought in Deshaun Jackson to be a deep threat, the 35-year-old receiver. And, yeah, I mean, that was that was really all they did. There wasn't a ton to really make out from a free agency perspective from the Los Angeles Rams offseason Now, in terms of their advanced defensive stats, their defense, I mean, look, it has guys like Aaron Donald on it. I mean, Aaron Donald is is the best player in football, in my opinion. So he and Leonard Floyd and Sebastian Joseph Day and, hey, former Ravens legend Kenny Young as well. Former Ravens legend Darius Williams as well. And also, I mean, I can't not talk about Jalen Ramsey, one, one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL He will also be a handful for these Ravens pass catchers. Taylor Rapp has a big role there. 
So yeah, they, they definitely have some stars and some playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. But also, you know, I just talked about that defensive side of the ball. You know, looking back at their offensive unit, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Tyler Higby is there. Is Van Jefferson going to make a bigger impact this year? How will Daryl Henderson perform? I think Stafford is a big upgrade from Jared Goff, and that will help their offensive unit progress. And honestly, this is going to be a really tough game. You know, going back and looking at the Rams' defensive stats from last season, they weren't a great team in terms of actually hurrying the quarterback, only 7.2%. So that was tied for 30th in the entire league. From a sack perspective, though, they were second in the NFL with 53. They got medium pressure on quarterbacks, you know, kind of mid-half of the league with 23.4%. And they say you know, the same thing with pressures, 147, tied with the Las Vegas Raiders and the Indianapolis Colts. So in terms of sacks, I mean, look, they get to the quarterback and they can bring him down. In terms of pressures and actual hurries, it's a little bit more difficult. And if you want to go as far as look at pressure percentage, it's 23.4% for a perspective. Pittsburgh led the league with 35.1, but Pittsburgh was just Pittsburgh was just ridiculous. Yeah, I mentioned it in the first time, but they, they were a ridiculous defensive team last season in terms of stats like that with the guys like TJ Watt and Bud Dupree there. But regardless... That defense is going to give the Ravens a bit of trouble, I think. I mean, Jalen Ramsey will be able to match up primarily on the outside, so it'll probably be more against Sammy Watkins and Rashad Bateman. The Ravens can kind of play the matchup a bit if they want to. Ramsey isn't really known as like the the, the slot presence that Marlon Humphrey is. You, you look at Marlon Humphrey and how he's able to move from the outside to the slot and slot to the outside pretty easily and, and plays really well at both. Ramsey isn't really that guy you know you play him on the outside so the Ravens can pick their matchups if they want to put Marquise Brown in the slot and have him go to work there and don't don't want to have Jalen Ramsey on him in the slot they can do it and you know will Jalen Ramsey travel with a guy I don't think so I mean he definitely could but I don't think the Ravens right now like they they don't have a DeAndre Hopkins or a Devontae Adams or anything so I don't think they're gonna use Jalen Ramsey in that role to travel along with Marquise Brown or something like that. They could. I mean, they could, but I just don't see it as a possibility. In terms of offensive efficiency for the Rams, I'm, I'm not really going to go too far into their passing efficiency because Jared Goff is just simply not the quarterback anymore. And, he, and even rushing efficiency, I mean, Cam Akers led the team in carries. He had 145. They lose that. Now, Daryl Henderson was not far behind, 145 for Akers compared to 138 for Henderson. But still, they, they were a middle-of-the-pack team both in net passing yards and yards per carry. So their offense, I think, will be improved this season. But is the addition of Matthew Stafford with the loss of Cam Akers? Obviously, the addition of Matthew Stafford far outweighs that loss. But can he gel? And by the time Week 17 comes around, is he going to be working with the full cast of receivers? Is he going to be healthy himself? All this different stuff goes into it. I think, again, it's going to be a really close game, but at the end of the day, I think Baltimore does lose this one right now. It's going to be super close. Obviously, the Ravens' secondary can do a lot against Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and Van Jefferson, but to me, it seems like I, I think they'll get a really nice year out of Daryl Henderson, and it's a game the Ravens could easily win. I'm picking them to lose, though, because I think Stafford will have a very big impact as well as the defense might be able to shut Lamar Jackson and the offense down this time around. I'm sure they remember what happened, and it, this game could easily go the other way, and the Ravens could be like, hey, remember what we did to you last time? We're going to do it again this time. But I see this as a loss for the Ravens. I think, you know, it's just two good teams going up against each other late in the year, playoff football on the line, hard fought for both. But I think the Ravens lose in a close one here 
moving their overall record for me to 12 and 4. But we're going to head into our final break now. And when we get back, we'll be getting into overall takeaways from the first two days of Ravens 2021 training camp and the Ravens final matchup of the year with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So stay tuned for that. And we will be back soon. And we return with our final segment of this Friday edition of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker, your host, still hanging out with you here. And we're now going to get into some just general takeaways from the first two days of training camp for the Ravens in 2021 as well. As the Ravens' final matchup will round out our 2021 Ravens schedule preview by talking about the Ravens' final matchup with the Pittsburgh Steelers in Week 18. So yeah, just general takeaways for a minute here. I think it's been a good two days so far for the Ravens. Obviously, a lot of the news was overshadowed by Lamar Jackson and Gus Edwards testing positive for COVID, and it's been a situation that has has really caused a bit of controversy, to be honest. But other than that, look, the play on the football field with the guys who were there, we're going to start to see more and more players stand out. Uh, Some guys I'm looking forward to hearing about a little more are guys like, for example, Malik Harrison on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe guys like Jalen Ferguson, what he could do. Maybe Miles Boykin, you know, what's he going to be able to do? I know that guys like Josh Oliver have stood out. Obviously, I talked about Prochet in the first segment. Devin DuVernay stood out on day one. So there are going to be different guys who have a good day here and a bad day here. It's all just subjective, and some guys will have more good days than bad. Others will have more bad days than good. I'm also really interested to to hear about some of the undrafted rookie guys as well, like Ardarius Washington and Adrian Ely. But at the end of the day, I think it was a good two days. The Ravens, I think, are, are seeing what they have at the back quarterback position, which I think is really important. That's going to be a neck-and-neck battle. But I still think that now that they've gotten those reps, a little bit more reps, now that Lamar Jackson isn't there right now, I think that they're a little more confident. And honestly, I would be too, because... Even though McSorley didn't have the best day two, he had a great day one, and Tyler Huntley has had two good days. So to me, I think that's the biggest takeaway. And on the defensive side of the ball, after a pretty bad day one, the defense has recovered and had a decent day two. So again, it'll there'll be good days, there'll be bad days for everybody, but I do think that it's just good to have Ravens football back in the air. And speaking of Ravens football in the air, it will certainly be in the air during week 18, the first week 18 game for the Baltimore Ravens ever since the NFL introduced their new 18-game slate. It'll be at m Bank Stadium at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers on January 9th at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Now, I have a feeling this game is probably going to get moved to the 425 p.m. Eastern Time window just because of playoff races and they want those things to all kind of happen at the same time. So they usually move the last week of the season games or at least the ones that have playoff implications to the 425 or maybe even a primetime window like 820. So week 18, I'm, I'm kind of going to do the same thing I did with Cincinnati because we've already talked about Pittsburgh and, and my expectations for them. We did that a couple weeks ago. So I want to go into more advanced defensive stats and looking at Pittsburgh. I mean, I, I remember I said they were ridiculous defensively in 2020. Yeah, their advanced statistics were ridiculous. Pittsburgh, number one in pressure percentage with 35.1%. The next closest team, Tampa Bay with 275 Total pressures, 213, number one in the NFL. Next best team was Tampa Bay again with 189. Sacks, led the league in sacks with 56. Next closest team was Los Angeles, the Rams. We just talked about them with 53. Quarterback knockdowns, guess what? Number one again, 15.2%. The next closest team was Baltimore with 12.9. Total QB knockdowns, number one, 80. Next closest team, Baltimore, 77. Hurry percentage. Oh, they're actually number two. They're not number one this time. New England was number one with 14.3. Pittsburgh was second with 12.7. 
Blitz percentage, they were only third. So they, they blitzed at a high amount, but not what Baltimore did. Baltimore's at 44.1. Pittsburgh was at 40.3. And in terms of actual blitzes, they were seventh in the league with 244. Baltimore had 290. So this this is a great defense. And they did lose some pieces this year. But I still think they're going to be at least, at least the top 10 defense, probably honestly top five. Because, you know, you can't discount guys like T.J. Watt. You can't discount guys like Minka Fitzpatrick, Cam Hayward, Stephon Tewitt. They have guys who are going to step up, I think, like Robert Spillane, as we saw in that first Baltimore game that they played Pittsburgh at home at M&T Bank. They have Joe Hayden there still. They have Devin Bush coming back from an injury. So they, they have talent all across that defense. But the losses, you know, Bud Dupree, Vince Williams, Steven Nelson, a couple more as well. So... They're going to have to learn to kind of go through things without those players. Can Melvin Ingram be an effective sidekick to TJ Watt? Can Alex Highsmith take a leap in year two? I think, you know, that's definitely a possibility. But against the Ravens team that really didn't lose a ton on offense, I mean, they gained a ton. They gained a ton. And that means that they kind of evolved and Pittsburgh kind of stayed where they were a little bit. So the way that Baltimore's offense played against Pittsburgh in the two games they played in 2020. Baltimore almost won both of those games, despite in the second game barely having any of their roster. So I think that this is another win for Baltimore. I think they round out their year with a strong victory. I think this is a game that it's the fact that the Ravens offense evolved and the Steelers defense stayed put that really shows. On offense for Pittsburgh, I don't think Ben Roethlisberger will have an easy time with this Ravens defense, but sometimes Baltimore can struggle with the quick passing game. The cornerbacks can certainly hold their own against Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson and James Washington. The running game is definitely going to be a bit better, but the offensive line in Pittsburgh is, is not good. It's not good right now. And despite adding a couple guys, you know, Trey Turner comes in, and they added Kendrick Green, a rookie who's probably going to be starting. Like, it'll it'll be maybe a little bit better, but they also lost David DeCastro, and they lost Matt Filer. So is it really going to be better? We'll see, but I still think that Baltimore's defensive line, the front seven, the blitz packages and everything, that's going to that's gonna eat up the Steelers, and Ben Roethlisberger will have to get the ball out quickly, which, you know, is not a problem for him, but it might cause a bit of an issue if the Steelers want to attack the Ravens' defense deep. So... I do, again, think this is a win for the Ravens, moving their final record prediction for me to 13-4. and That's definitely good for at least a top three seed in the NFL. I mean, they can't go lower than four if they win the division. I think Cleveland also finishes at 13-4, and though, but Baltimore wins on conference tiebreaker, which is the second tiebreaker. The first is division record. So, yeah, I think... The Ravens will have a good season this year. Obviously, health willing and talent meshing together willing. And there's a lot of things willing. Things have to go right for an NFL team to win a Super Bowl. You know, there's no secret there. Teams will get, you know, discouraged and deterred and stuff will happen that isn't expected that will derail their Super Bowl chances. And Baltimore will have to deal with some of those things. You know, injuries, again, do happen. But that is the end of our 2021 season preview for the Ravens. Again, 13-4 and four is my final record prediction. I think it's good for a top three seed in the AFC, especially because I think they're going to win a division. So that'll be big for the Ravens, especially to get into that early season groove, maybe drop a couple games later on in the year, but still finish strong and clinch a really high seed in the AFC that is going to be super competitive in 2021. But that's all that I have for you today. 
We're going to take a two-day break here on Locked on Ravens, but when we get back on Monday, we're going to be getting into training camp recaps and much, much more, so be sure to stay tuned for that, and I will see you on Monday.